Welcome to Cooler News, your go-to resource for insights and content straight from KPS Global. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cooler News, a KPS Global podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thank you so much for joining us on another episode. Great getting you listening along to these industry B2B insights. Before we continue, got to make sure to point you in the right direction for other pieces of content. Make sure you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can do so by looking up Cooler News or KPS Global. Once you find it, hit that subscribe button and you'll get notified when we drop new episodes as well as have access to a full catalog of previous conversations on Cooler News. You can also find more content on our website. You can go to kpsglobal.com, again, kpsglobal.com, for previous podcast episodes, articles, videos, and of course, more information about our solutions and services. On today's episode of Cooler News, we are breaking down e-commerce grocery go-live challenges to better understand key strategic considerations for retailers as they launch their e-commerce platforms. COVID has accelerated a lot of online shopping trends for brick and mortar retailers, and we can look to grocery specifically as an example. A June survey from online grocery consultant Brick Meets Click and grocery e-commerce platform Mercatus USA found that 45.6 million U.S. consumers were online grocery shoppers, which is a 6% increase from the previous month. So as these consumer trends settle into a post-COVID economy, the pressure is doubly on for grocers and retailers in general to meet that online demand. Ridden with common pitfalls, though, what are the questions they need to consider before implementing an e-commerce strategy to avoid said issues down the road. So here to give insights is Joe McMenamin, Director of E-Commerce for the Grocery Industry at KPS Global. Joe, great to have you on. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure getting to chat and get your thoughts on this uh, ever-relevant uh, you know, set of questions that retailers need to be asking themselves today. Uh, you've been on top of this developing trend for a while now. I think it's important to better understand what the context is that you are bringing to the conversation today. So can you give our uh, audience a little bit more context there on the experience that you're bringing to our conversation? Yeah, absolutely. So KPS Global, our, our focus as a, as a business for several, several years, decades, I should say, has been in uh, walk-in coolers and freezers, right? So no matter where you are, whether it be in a grocery business, in a, in a C-store setting, in a supermarket setting, uh, pharmaceuticals, you name it, there's always cold storage that's involved. And, and that's where we've lived. So uh, for us, the interesting aspect, I call it a unique lens, is with what's changing in the grocery business, Obviously, there's there's new players coming in in, in forms of uh, equipment and technologies, as well as new grocers that are that are coming in via the e-commerce space or through websites, as opposed to traditional brick and mortar. And all of those require cold storage. So we're able to see what's happening from the small basic setups all the way to the ones that are costing you know a few dollars, right? So we're watching all of that and we're involved in it, and um, that's given us a great purview for for what's happening. And at the same time. 
time. We've got customers that we're working with today that that are focusing on that or are new into the business, i.e. somebody like an Amazon that are really, um, they're, they're just changing the game, right? So we're, we're fortunate to be in this situation. And the best part about it is something that I really enjoy is the fact that everybody from our board of directors to our CEO down the line, we're heavily invested in basically advancing the company and turning us into the next the next wave of, of what our business really is, right? So, you know, you can adapt or you could die. And, and we're looking at a situation where we're embracing the change and, and getting after it. Perfect. Thanks for that context. So like I mentioned earlier, Joe, today we're going to be chatting e-commerce grocery go live challenges. And in response to these challenges, KPS Global uh, has created some key questions that grocers need to ask themselves. And we're going to break down each one of these here later on the podcast. But just so people know exactly what those key questions are, uh, that way they can you know start to stew on them and develop maybe some answers of their own. I'm going to go ahead and list them out here before we get started. So the key questions that KPS Global has crafted for grocers as they begin to consider an e-commerce platform and strategy are, one, are you assembling the order ahead of schedule? And if so, how early? Two, are you storing customer orders in a specific area of the store? And are those orders going to be stored in the front of the store where customers will see them or in the back of the store? Number three, how many orders per day are you currently planning on fulfilling? And does this account for your peak volume? And then number four, how does that translate to the staging space? Are orders being stored in plastic bags, brown bags, or a tote? Let's go ahead and jump into the main meat of the conversation then. What are some of the key trends, including the ones that are fresh because of COVID, that are driving retailers and grocers more specifically en masse to launch e-commerce platforms? Break down those trends for us. Sure. So so obviously, this was a path that the industry was taking prior to COVID. Right. And, and just like the world, COVID has absolutely turned everybody you know, inside out when it comes to that, right? So the the timeline went from, you know, I don't know, the Fred Flintstone pace to, uh, to you know, this is a SpaceX rocket taking off and everybody's trying to grasp what's happening. So, you know, you actually said it uh, when we began as far as uh, a strategy. And one of the things that we're seeing is there's folks that frankly, they don't have their own strategy or they haven't created their own. They're, they're, they're trying to copycat and see things were going on. So what we've noticed is, um, there's traditional things that people reach for plug and play traditional cases that you can buy off the shelf. That's an immediate solution for storage when you're staging products to be picked up, for example, by either a third party like an Instacart or for uh, a cook and collect where, you know, the grocers or the customer, excuse me, is coming out and, and parking in the parking lot and you're bringing their, their groceries out to them. And then you've got a few guys that are, that are obviously the ones with the deeper pockets that are spending the money to to really advance things, which comes into play even further with COVID because it's more touchless, right? So you have automation equipment and, and companies like Auto Store, Takeoff Technologies, Alert Innovation that are working with uh, big box retailers to, to bring automated solutions to online grocery fulfillment. So you're seeing this vast array, a, a spectrum of, of dollars and cents, but as well as integration when it comes to all that. And um, it's a lot for the grocers, to be quite honest with you, because not only are there you know, set up and issues when it comes to adapting their, their systems and their online platforms with the grocery fulfillment platforms, but also where are they going to put these fulfillment centers? Are they going to be 
existing at the job sites or I'm sorry, at their at their supermarkets? Are they going to be an offsite fulfillment center? Are they going to even have a fulfillment center? And they're just going to go through third parties for everything. So there's a lot of questions being thrown at our customers pretty quickly. And uh, they're, they're trying to react as best as possible. As uh, more grocers are being forced into, uh, you know, having to adapt and bring an online ordering and e-commerce platform uh, to their store. Are you seeing a lot of them trip up as they go live with their platforms? Are there any major areas that are pretty common that aren't taken into consideration and end up really impacting their ability to get ahead of some of these trends? If so, what are those trip ups and why do you see them happening? Yeah, that's a that's a great and frankly a loaded question, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, there's a few things. First is, I mean, to be clear, anybody that's actually working on this and trying to advance their their companies, uh, it's admirable. Uh, it's difficult to do that, especially in the grocery business. It's not necessarily been a um, a, a leader when it comes to innovation. This was this was necessary. If I were to put it that way, so anybody that's doing something, it's it's kudos to them. Now there there's obviously pitfalls that are that are occurring with this, and you know one of the things I did mention is people are, or I should say, the employees of these companies. Some of them may be from different divisions that are being put in charge of this division, or somebody may be brought in that doesn't necessarily know grocery because it's really a small world, believe it or not, when it comes to people that work in that business. And when they're coming in. They're not thinking of, of all the aspects. And at the same time, they're they're basically latching on the things that they already know. So, you know, one of the things we see is a quick fix that is cheap is to buy these traditional plug and play cases and put that in. Now, there's a few things that I bring up for why that's not necessarily the best solution. It may be the best short-term solution, but it, it's not from a long-term perspective. And what I mean is these cases are like the ones you'd see maybe in your um, in your convenience store, or maybe in your pizza shop that has a couple of your sodas, those kinds of uh, those kinds of cases, right? And you put those in, and and frankly, for the footprint, the amount of space that that takes up in your store, you're not really getting a chance to maximize the orders. And the difference is, is that let's say a year ago you may have let's say fifty to a hundred orders at a site per day for online, which would be really good even for a year ago. And now it could be in upwards of 300, 400 plus orders per day. And you have to stage those and you have to have employees pick those orders. And and when they go to put them away for that pickup, everything is being measured by when that customer pulls up, for example, on a click and connect collect scenario, how much time does it take for when they pull into that parking spot and say, hey, I'm here to when their groceries are loaded and they're on their way home. So especially the big box guys, they're seeing all this and saying, how can we minimize these times and minimize these speeds? Well, one of the things is to put these cases in there. Let's say you can only fit, I don't know, let's say a dozen orders per case. You may have other options that are out there that that could triple that per footprint, per that amount of space that you're using in your store. And that's a that's a big advantage because as those orders are coming in and you're slotting them for times, Person A may place that order and they can go pick up that order, that said order within the next hour and it'd be ready to go. Or it could be four or five hours later. And that's that's a disadvantage that they have compared to online people because not only is it the speed aspect, but because everybody is going online for their groceries and trying new things, they may have a longtime customer that got influenced by a different uh, different brand. And then next thing you know, they're gone. 
right? Because their 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 widgets better, their their process is better. So, for example, uh, Target has really been investing in their click and collect, and and um, one of the things they've done is they say we want to go three minute three minutes or less, and they're using geofencing and things of that nature now. So when the customer pulls up within thirty seconds, they may have somebody strolling out with their groceries ready to go. Right. So so that's an advantage that they have over some others simply by the way of how they're using technology, how they're setting up their stores and and how much they're investing in, in the process. So in response to some of those trends, uh, KPS Global has developed some key questions that retailers need to be asking themselves to keep e-commerce visions holistic and efficient for grocers. So I want to go ahead and break each one of those main questions that they should be asking themselves down uh, and then try to match those to the common pitfalls that we've been discussing and unpack why these are important questions to keep in mind in the first place before grocers go live with their uh, online ordering and e-commerce platforms. So let's go ahead and jump in. Here's question number one. Are you assembling the order ahead of schedule? And if so, how early? So that's the first question that uh, grocers should be asking themselves. How does this consideration impact the logistics of fulfilling orders and why is this an important place to start? Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing is that it, it may sound simple and that's because it is. But when you break this down, you have to look at it that way. So assembling the order ahead of schedule, if so, how early? Well, the first thing you have to think of is what is my process? How am I going to get this done, right? How much time is it going to take to fulfill uh, what hours of the day that I'm, am I going to fulfill it? Is it going to interrupt the shoppers that are in my store? Uh, these are simple, basic questions that you have to look at from a process standpoint and say, what's feasible versus what what isn't feasible? And you may realize that, you know what, between this and this hour, I really can't be on the floor. Or between this and this hour, I don't have enough staff to take care of the order. So you have to look at this from when that order is placed. What is my process to actually getting this into the customer's car. Next main question is, are you storing customer orders in a specific area of the store? And are those orders going to be stored in the front of the store where customers will see them or in the back of the store? With that question, why do you find that the location of keeping packaged orders is important? It's important specifically because of of speed. Right, so there are some customers that are are utilizing front customer service areas where they're where they're putting product, or there may be back in in walk-ins that are in the back of the house, things of that nature. Uh, so we're talking about the process, and this is more of a within that process. What is the actual flow? How am I getting this done? And let's use click and collect as the example again. When the customer comes to pick up the order and pulls up and says, "I'm here," well, the difference between having that order up front ready to go staged versus stored in a back room in a in a cooler or freezer that that may or may not be used for something else could be several minutes difference and um, depending upon how your people are trained where they know how to go and and frankly the patience of the type of customers that you have all of those come into come into play when it comes to that so you have to think about the flow and and how you're using your existing footprint next main consideration is how many orders per day are you currently planning on fulfilling? And does this account for your peak volume? So with this question in mind, what are some ways that online order volumes have caught retailers uh, by surprise? First and foremost, we touched on COVID. COVID has taken the amount of online orders and, and shot that through the roof, right? So that's something that's unexpected, but that that's helped 
boost that. Now, the second part is is peak is what hours are typically the the hours that customers want to come pick up their orders. So, you know, obviously people are working from home more these days, but you know, typical rush hour hours are, are times that people want to pick up. Uh, it could be lunchtime, things of that nature. So this is really about planning ahead. And I'll use an example. Uh, there's a customer we work with that, you know, they were putting traditional walk-ins for online orders at their sites. And within about a year and a half, they went back and quadrupled the size of their cold storage equipment to account for the orders. And frankly, they didn't know what they were getting themselves into at the beginning, but if they looked a little bit further down the road, they would have realized, you know what, you know, this is this is just simply not going to be enough. And it's a it's a great lesson because COVID is here to stay. I don't I don't want to sound ominous with that, but the reality is is that this is going to be over in a month or two months. This is this is the new normal for the foreseeable future for the next eighteen to twenty four months, and then so on when it comes to to online ordering and how people basically go about their days. So you have to look at that and say. What am I going to do about this? Because there is no way that if this keeps rising at the pace, and it will level off eventually, but when it levels off and even potentially comes back down a little bit, it's going to be tenfold more than what they're typically accounting for. So you really have to look at this and say, here's what we have today. Here's what we've done in the last year or two. And here's what we project in the next two, three, five years. And and find out if, if you really are planning ahead or if you're just solving for this very minute. And there's there's significant dollars and cents, but at the same time, if you can't fill orders at a at a proper pace, it's going to affect the customers. And um, if that customer decides to to try somebody else, it, it it all plays a part. With that question specifically, how can grocers get ahead of this dynamic of uh, you know a better understanding their volume and their capacity for fulfilling orders? Yeah. So, Daniel, I think this is the the single most important question when it comes to e-commerce because there's so many folks that still don't really grasp the understanding or comprehend fully that e-commerce is a segment of the business that's that's here to stay. And um, you know, some of those folks may think that way may not be around in the next five to ten years in the business. And there's others that are that are grasping onwards. Now, within that, I think it's important that there's amount of confusion that is floating around. There's there's a cloud around the segment, let's say, right? And it's because it's new. There's no blueprint. People don't understand it. They don't know who to ask. And maybe they're afraid to ask. And that's one of the things that, frankly, I like being on this, talking to you about it is, listen, anybody that's out there that's a grocer and is looking at this and considering options, utilize the people around you. And in that case, that absolutely includes KPS Global because there's a lot of experience and knowledge that the industry as a whole has, and we're included in that. And then there's all these new things that are coming into play. And you have to find this proper medium to say, what can I do to judge this? How can I ask the right questions? And that's going to lead into the proper strategy, right? So whether that's data, whether that's how they're using their existing equipment, do they need to invest in other equipment? All of these different things, I think that they have to start with with a proper reach out. And the industry is catching up. You mentioned Brick Meets Click and, and Bill Bishop and and there's other companies, Kuhachi and Peterson. There's there's folks that are investing in this future and some of them are may not uh, nationally known because it's not their their core business from the start, but they they know what they're talking about. And I think that there's a slow burn that people are starting to realize that there's some other folks out there. And um, I just I would just say that long story short, think outside the box. Start thinking of who else you have in your Rolodex that's uh, not an easy reach and and ask some questions because 
There's no wrong question in this scenario. There's just simply no playbook for it. The last main question that KPS Global suggests grocers should ask themselves as they go to launch is the following. How does that translate to the staging space? Are orders being stored in plastic bags, brown bags, or a tote? So this question is definitely more focused on aesthetics and presentation. Why do you find that presentation matters in part of the launch strategy? Sure. It, it actually, it does matter with presentation at the same time it matters from a, from a staging and storage scenario. So it's, it sounds rudimentary, but take, um, take a case, for example, that, that orders are, are picked and staged to be, to be ready to go for pickup. Well, one customer may use brown bags or, or paper bags, and that may lead to the type of shelving that they're using in that system to uh, to make sure that they're maximizing their space. Some folks may use totes and mix, let's say, cold storage items with, with uh, ambient items. All of these little nuances actually matter because it depends on A, they may be actually giving those to the customer and, and they're to return them. It could be if I use a tote over a bag, I can actually add an extra 20% that I'm storing for that staged pace. So let's go back to the sense that uh, when you're slotted for your pickup, if that speeds up the pickup process, that's better. Uh, automated equipment that actually uses uses totes in a lot of those scenarios. So even to kind of expand upon the staging space, when we first got started with this, let's call it a year ago, uh, all pre-COVID, there was a lot of focus on uh, off-site fulfillment centers. There's been discussion of dark store formats, which essentially is, let's take a site, typically an underperforming site that's in a good geographic location, turn the lights off to customers and have our own employees pick this for, let's say, Instacart to come pick up and make a delivery or things of that nature. And that's kind of dialed down a little bit to where the big discussion these days, or at least the hot topic is to have a micro fulfillment center on site. So what that does is that bridges your traditional brick and mortar location keeps everything together, which minimizes your carbon footprint, things of that nature, and can potentially speed up the process. So when you start looking within that, you say, okay, how am I actually fulfilling these orders? Am I using plastic bags? Am I using totes? Is the customer taking those home? All of these little things play into these little strategy aspects that, again, it sounds so rudimentary, but the reality is, is that this is not a new process. It's just new in grocery. And when you, when you introduce cold storage, especially, it just throws a couple wrenches into it. And, and most folks think about the front end and the technology aspects and, and what the customers, you know, looking at on their app or on their website, things of that nature. But there is a process standpoint that you have to break it down to the basics and say, how am I doing this? And is this best for us? And is this best for the customer? All right. So let's go ahead and take all of these considerations and wrap them up into a summary for how retailers should approach their strategy. So again, the main questions that retailers need to be asking themselves before they launch their e-commerce platforms, and this is specifically for grocers, is number one, are you assembling the order ahead of schedule? And if so, how early? Number two, are you storing customer orders in a specific area? Are those going to be stored in the front of the store where customers will see them or in the back of the store? Number three, how many orders per day are you currently planning on fulfilling? And does this account for your peak volume? And number four, how does this translate to the staging space? And are these orders being stored in plastic bags, brown bags, or a tote? So with all of that in mind, assembling, storing, uh, fulfillment, and staging, how does all of that come together and influence 
a more holistic approach to an e-commerce grocery strategy and launch as they start building this from the ground up? You know, the thing that comes to mind is everybody loves a new, bright, shiny toy. And there's a lot of that occurring in this space. There's some pretenders and there's some real players that are coming into our space to, to, to offer products and services to account for this. But my advice, if I was to use the word advice, is to, is to frankly just take a step back and again, look at the basics, stick to the facts of this is who we are as a company. Each, each grocer would be saying that to themselves, admitting the truth about where they stand in this segment and with their customers, make sure they analyze their customers and their business. And it's a, it's a deep look within, right? This is a forced look within. And then turn that inside out and say, all right, what are we going to do about it? And these basic questions, again, basic, but that does not mean that they're not relevant and important. And start there and uh, again, reiterate the fact that nobody knows what's going to happen down the road and there is no blueprint for this segment. So start reaching out to folks and asking some questions about their process, not necessarily about the new shiny piece of equipment, because that can come later. It's about taking care of, of your business and taking care of the customer. All right, Joe McMenamin, Director of E-Commerce for the Grocery Industry at KPS Global. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Cooler News and breaking down the main questions that grocers should be asking themselves before they go live with their e-commerce launch. Any other final thoughts before we wrap up? Depending upon who's who's listening here today, there's one other aspect that I'd like to bring up is that when it comes to some of the things that are happening in our business, there are a lot of new players coming in. And one of the things that we're starting to see is people are focusing more on their own personal agenda versus advancing the industry. And it's it's a little bit disappointing to see because the industry needs to move forward collectively. And anybody that's out there listening to this, please take that into consideration when you're thinking about your business. Everybody wants to eat. We get that. But at the same time, let's all work together to advance this because not only do we need this and the industry needs this, but customers need this. COVID is the perfect example of that. Let's all work together and and knock this out of the park and take us into the next wave. With that, I, I think I'm covered. Thank you. Perfect. Joe, thanks again for joining us. All right. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Cooler News. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You'll get a full breakdown of previous conversations on Cooler News, as well as notifications when we drop new episodes. You can also go to our website at kpsglobal.com. Again, kpsglobal.com. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes of the podcast or consume some other content like articles, videos, blogs, and more. And of course, to learn more about our solutions and services. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you next time.